hope you don't have a Christmas hangover. It doesn't sound like it. And uh, my wife and I would like to thank you for all the cards and gifts and all the wonderful things you've treated us with, all the candies and gift cards to restaurants. We are so blessed. Thank you so much for all that you've done and all that you do for uh, Grace Church and for us. Praise God. Did you have a good Christmas? Amen. Praise the Lord. Ours was a little different. It was in a good way. Everything's good. Every season is good. You got you got to take that season. You got to grab it. You got to wrestle it. You got to move for it, move through it. And I'm ready for a, a good 2020. Amen? Amen. So, like Marcus said on the fast, which starts next week, basically, uh, we're going to try to stay away from meat. But you could eat fish, and you could eat pasta that is like wheat or vegetable. Um, Noodles, okay, uh, eggplant parmesan with like a noodle base or, or a egg-based, vegetable-based type thing. We're not going to get real legalistic, so it's a little bit difficult. We'll try to have a, a chart for you next week you can write down. No breads of any kind, and then uh, no desserts, candies, treats of that nature. If you drink tea and you like to drink your tea sweet, we're going to try to just say just hold off on some of the sugar, maybe go half and half, half sweet, half unsweet, uh, maybe no soda, you can drink natural juice, you know, uh, 100% orange juice, that type of stuff, all the fruits, all the vegetables that you like to eat, you can eat, um, just stay away, again, try to stay away, from, you can eat, you know, soups, just try to keep the meat out of them, and so for 21 days, we'll start sundown next Sunday, uh, so yeah, and we'll end, and we'll end up, we'll end sun up on the twenty first. We're going by the Jewish day that the day starts at sundown. So we're going to go uh, the fifth sundown next week, and then sun up on the twenty sixth. Three weeks, and we'll have prayer services on the eighth, fifteenth, and twenty second, which is a Wednesday, and then noon prayer Tuesday through Friday from twelve to one each of those days that uh, that we're in. So. Again, be ready, be prepared. So today what we're going to do is kind of a standalone service. We're going we're gonna to increase faith. We're going to talk about faith today. How many, how many loves and needs maybe just a, a shot of faith or an increase of faith or just a boost of faith? And then we're going to talk about vision. The four, weeks, four Sundays of January we'll talk about we want to we just plant vision into you. But I feel like maybe just an increase of faith today. And I'll, I'll give you a, kind of a backstory. So uh, Andrew and Emily... Our son and daughter-in-law, they, they help lead worship here, and they got married a little over three years ago, and uh, uh, the house we were living at at the time had a big embankment, and in the embankment, which I didn't realize, there was a lot of uh, poison ivy, and so... Uh, I had gone into the embankment to clean it up, and we were having out-of-town guests in, wanted everything to look good, and uh, got all this poison ivy. Well, I sweat profusely. You don't need to know that, but I do. I'm a heavy sweater. And so I, whenever I do yard work, I have a towel with me, okay? And so I'm wiping the towel. Well, I wiped my arms and my legs with the same towel I wiped my eyes with, and the week of the wedding... My eyes were swollen shut. I, I looked like one of those sci-fi movies, okay? And it was horrible. Like, Janie had a hard time looking at me, and, and we need to take you somewhere. So I went to, I think, CVS. They have the Minute Clinic or whatever they call that, and uh, they gave me a shot of steroids. So as an exerciser, I didn't mind taking that. I've got to be honest with you, but it didn't help my workouts any. And then they gave me... They gave me a pill to take, I think, for six or seven days, and uh, some steroids, and everything cleared up really quickly, and it just was amazing. And for about a week or ten days, I got to, uh, I got to uh, blame the steroids anytime I got agitated. It's the steroids. But the steroids helped clean up, and sometimes doctors will do that. That's what steroids are for. If you have a, an illness or sickness, and you need just kind of a boost, a shot of something. So I want to give you a shot of steroid faith today that will help you go into the next year, okay? That will help you, that will boost you. And, like, and, and some of it's going to be foundational. Some of you heard before. But I think sometimes we have to go back to the basics and say, okay, new year, new me, new life, 
new season. I'm going to attack this thing. I'm going to crush this thing. And watch how your 2020 is going to be your best year yet. I firmly believe God's got big things for 2020. How many believes that with me today? Amen? God's got a great plan for you. He's got a great season for you. It's like sometimes we think, like, oh, man, I, I just can't stand another day. No, it's going to be a new season. It's going to be a new day. So stand with me. We're going to read uh, four verses out of Hebrews 11, 1, 2, and 3, and then verse number 6. And so I want to walk with us today. Now faith. Everybody say the word now. now. We'll talk more about that in a second. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that, by, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are invisible. Verse number 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who, the King James says, diligently seek after him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for truth. We thank you for life. And we thank you, Lord, for faith. You've given us all a measure of faith. And all, Lord, we can exercise it, we can increase it. Some have a gifting of faith, Lord, which is astronomical, or they can ask for things and believe for things. God, we pray right now, Lord, that our faith would bind with your will in heaven, or that what we pray for by faith would be according to your will, and then we'd manifest itself here on earth. So open our hearts and our ears, our minds to receive the word of God today, Lord, that we can be uh, faith walkers and faith talkers and faith doers. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody in agreement says, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing for the reading of the Word of God. You can be seated. Let's go to that verse 3 one more time, Sarah, if we can. Hebrews 11, 3. And the Bible says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. This is important for us to hear and know because if we're not careful, we'll read right through it. But this is really what God is giving us is an example of what faith is. Faith are, is things that we cannot see, but we know they're tangible. We know they're visible. We know there's something that we can go after. And we know that's something that chances are it is God's will. It is God's way. And it is God's meaning. So even God does this in Romans 4 and 17. Even God who quickens the dead calls those things that aren't as though they are. This is what the author of Romans is telling us. Listen, if we want to be God's disciples, if we want to be sons and daughters of the, of the highest God who he calls his own when we receive him. That's why Marcus led us through a prayer or a plan of salvation so we become children of the Most High God. He gives us that right. When he gives us the right to become sons and daughters of God, he also gives us the ability to start calling things that aren't as though they were. He gives us the ability to start speaking out in faith and say, okay, I believe this is the situation now. It doesn't have to be. Now I can speak to that situation and God can change that in a moment's notice. Amen? This is what God wants us to do in faith. Praise God. So let's go to the first verse one more time. Now faith. Everybody say now one more time. Now faith in the King James says is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the word now means new revelation. How many's ready for a new revelation? Think we have that up there? New revelation. I'm ready for a new revelation. So every time you see in the scriptures, especially if it starts a chapter or if it starts a book, you see the word now, you know it's getting ready for something new. A new revelation is taking place now. And whenever we look at maybe the kids when they were growing up and we said, hey, it's time to get in the car, it's time to go to bed or go take a shower, and so they would meander around or they would do things and you would say, what, parents, you'd say, now. We have, a, uh, we have a dog, and he's a golden doodle, and we have shared ownership with Andrew and Emily, and, and Janie and I are uh, currently watching the dog, and, and this morning, uh, our dog went and go, and our, he goes in our bathroom when we're gone, and Janie said, tell the dog to come in here, and he goes so far, and I say, basically, I just say, now, and he, and he just runs in there, and I have a command voice, and he probably is a little bit more afraid of me than he is uh, Janie. And so, but I think in what we have to do, church, when we're looking at things that are of God, you have to use a command voice, not to God, but to the enemy. He wants to upset the things that he, that you want to do in Christ. And so you have a command voice, a voice of authority that God has given you to rebuke the enemy, and he must flee from you in Jesus' name. You have a faithful command voice, not to command God. Again, I've heard preachers say, God, I command you. No, you can't command God. 
Listen, you cannot command God. God, I ask you. God, if it's your will. God, if it's your pleasure. God, I ask you in the name of Jesus, okay? But devil, I command you in the name of Jesus. You have no right here. You have no season in this life right here in Jesus' name. So now means new revelation. So when you see now faith, it means a new revelation faith. It means a now faith, not yesterday's faith, which could be a testimony or a past experience or, it can't, or tomorrow's faith, which could be a future. But now it's today. Today I wake up with new faith in my life and I start to call those things that aren't as though they were. I start to speak to things in my life. I want to change my life. I want to change the season of my life. I want to look at a new beginning. I want to rise to a higher level. I want to go somewhere where I've never been before in the Lord, okay? And so then we recognize that. So my point number one is this. Revelation is the axis by which faith revolves. Revelation is the axis by which faith revolves. When we recognize that God gives us a revelation, and we're going to speak on vision over the next four weeks, and so it's important for you to know what vision is and what vision is like, but in order to have a proper vision, we have to have proper faith, and so we'll, we'll have that increase of faith today. We'll get that shot of faith, that, that Red Bull experience, that double shot at Starbucks, whatever your favorite intake is. We, 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 we know that that faith comes by hearing and hearing what? By the word of God. And so uh, there'll be a group of us that will try to read through the scriptures the month of January. I, I suggest that if you want to join us, you can. If you've never read through the Bible before, just start, read a chapter a day or three chapters a day takes you through the Bible in a year. 13 chapters a day takes you through the Bible in three months. 42 chapters a day takes you through the Bible in about 25 days. So whatever your time will allow. Well, pastor, if I had all your time, I'd read through it. Yeah, you, you can. It doesn't, just read a verse, read it, but this brings faith in you, okay? Faith will come by hearing. The just, the Bible says, the just live by faith. Apostles came to Jesus and said, would you increase our faith? Would you give us more faith? Would you allow us? So we know that faith can be exercised. We know that there's a, a measure of faith. We also know that you can increase it by, by, by working on it, by acting on it. We know there's a gift of faith. We know it, it, it's God's will that we all walk in faith. We know by faith, by grace we're saved through faith. And so we, we grab a hold of this faith scenario. But revelation is the axis by which faith revolves so that when something is revealed to us, God gives us this measure. We saw in verse 6, verse six that without faith it is impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We'll talk about that a couple different times throughout these, this scenario. But if we have a revelation from God, we, it's something that's been revealed to us, then we act by faith. Can that son or daughter, can that niece or nephew, can that husband or wife, can they be healed physically, emotionally, relationally, financially? If God reveals that to you, you grab it and you start to pour into that. You start to pray into that. Can I, can I have that thing that I believe God wants me to have? There's a revealing that takes place. Second Chronicles 16 and 9 says, The eyes of the Lord go to and fro across the earth to see whose heart is melt towards him or whom he can bless. The Lord looking at people today of who he can bless. The Lord's looking for people who stand up in faith, who understand that by faith I can please God. When I exercise my faith, I can please God. Now, maybe your, your faith is, is diminished. Maybe your faith is, is, is weak. Then get into the word of God. Understand that the word is written for you. The word's written so that you can have, and just Google faith scriptures. Just look up all those faith scriptures that talk about faith and what we can do when we build an ex or exercise our faith. Jacob was building pillars when Abraham and Isaac were building altars. I want to explain this to you for a second because we're going to go to Jacob. In fact, let's do this. Let's go, to, let's go to Genesis. Just stay right there, Genesis 35. I'm going to read 15 verses in Genesis really quickly, and then we'll, this statement will make sense. Uh, J Jacob is the youngest, is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, okay? So Jacob is the, the third generation, Abraham being the first, Isaac being the second, Jacob being the third. But there's a story that takes place, and Jacob always finds himself a little bit in trouble. 
Jacob always finds himself just a little bit without. And he's like, he's struggling to keep up to the legacy and to the heritage. Well, let me read, and I'll read. I read very quickly, but you can follow along. God said to Jacob, arise, go to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar there to the God who appreciated, who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves. Change your garments. Then let us arise and go to Bethel so that I may make there an altar to God who answers me in the day of distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods that they had, all the rings that were in their ears. Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree that was near Shechem. And they journeyed, as they journeyed, a terror from God fell upon the cities that were around them so that they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. And Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, he and all the people who were with him. And there he built an altar and called the place El Bethel because there God had revealed himself to him when he fled from the brother. And Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died and she was buried under an oak below Bethel. So he called its name Elan Bakuth. God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padam Aram and blessed him. Remember that now. And God said to him, your name is Jacob. No longer shall your name be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel, and God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and God shall come from you, and kings shall come from your own body. And the land that I gave you to Abraham and Isaac I give to you, and I will give you the land of your offspring after you. Then God went up from him in the, in the place where he had spoken with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he had spoken with him, a pillar of stone. He poured out a drink offering on it and poured oil on it. And Jacob called the place where God had spoken to him, Bethel. Here's, so here's the story. In scripture, we see that God tells Jacob to plant or build an altar in a specific place. But this was not the first time God had told Jacob to build an altar. He told him in Genesis, the 28th chapter, you need to build, build an altar here. G Jacob made a marker or a pillar in that place instead. And so let's go back to that verse, the, the scripture I have up there, or the, place, the statement. Jacob was building pillars when Abraham and Isaac were building altars. In Genesis 12, God spoke to Abraham and he built an altar. He says, to your offspring, I give this land. So there's a heritage. In Genesis 26, God spoke to Isaac and he built an altar. Don't be afraid, I am with you. So God's presence was there. In Genesis 28, God speaks to Jacob and he built a pillar instead of an altar. He said, surely God is in this place. When we walk by faith and we become faith walkers, grab this, don't let this go. Instead of building altars, sometimes we bid pillars. And pillars are good. I'll get to that at the very end. Pillars are a good thing. Pillars are markers or chips where we put down. But we have first have to build an altar, an altar of sacrifice, an altar of dying out. Unless we die out to God, our faith is in vain. In other words, we're praying for things that we want God to do for us rather than we want God to do for him. Okay, are you with me? See, Abraham built an altar and God honored him in his prayers. Isaac built an altar and God honored him in his prayers. Jacob first builds a pillar, not an altar. In other words, Jesus says we need to die out daily, pick up our cross and follow him. Unless we completely die out, we serve Jesus for what he can do for us. So we have a lot of people, and you know some, they pray, I've tried Jesus, or I pray for Jesus for my business, I pray for Jesus for this, and they want to join the Jesus movement for what Jesus can do for them. They, want to do, they don't want to join the Jesus movement for what they can do for Jesus. And Jesus wants you to die out daily for him. There's a sacrifice. And until Jacob really understood that, these guys were building altars and he was building pillars. And he wondered why he had to run from Esau. He wondered why it didn't work out with Laban. He wondered why things were always not working out because he had never truly built an altar unto the Lord. And unless you truly, truly build an altar, your faith is very much in vain. Pillars are good, and I'll show that in a second. Pillars are very good, but they're only good unless you truly die out. So faith at its, at, at its uh, uh, origin is us dying out to Christ, is us dying out to God, is us dying out, laying that sacrifice out on the field and saying, okay, here I am, God. I'm going to, I'm, it's not me anymore. It's all about you. Are you with me? Does that make sense to you? This is important for us to know because some people will say, well, my, I just, I, my faith isn't working. No, your faith is in God. God's the one working. 
Okay? Faith is not something that works. Faith is something that we exercise in God. So in, in my, uh, in my pers- person, I'm a loyalist by heart. My dad was a loyalist, and so I'm a very loyal person. And, I, and to me, it's God and family, and the family grows from there. Family is sons and daughters, my, my wife, sons and daughters, extended family, grandchildren, church family, uh, close people in our lives. So it just it goes down and down and down and out and out and out. And so I'm a loyalist. I think God gauges our loyalty by our faith. God, I trust you. My faith is in you. My hope, my trust, my believe my confidence trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not upon your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths are you with me so this is important because when we exercise amount of faith it seems like we we think that if something comes true we're at a high faith level no our faith always has to be in god then it becomes his will be done that's, that's, that's important because when we're looking at vision, we're looking at 2020, we're looking at a new year or a new season, I have to get to the very core of who I am. Who, I, who am I? I'm a Christ follower and so are you. As a Christ follower, I die to myself. Okay, Father, here it is. I want your will to be done, not mine. That's a great faith statement. When we say, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Same thing Jesus said in the garden. And so when we recognize that this revelation is the axis. When things start to revolve, I get, I get a reveal. I get a, I get a new unction of God in my life, and he starts to show us things. He'll start to show you things in, in your spirit, man, that maybe the world can't see. So in our life, we've had several miracles. Our daughter Jessica was a miracle. She was in, the, in Janie's womb seven months, no heartbeat, head was too big. Uh, they thought she was going to be stillborn, and, and, and Janie and he said, no, I don't accept that. She saw a revelation. She saw something in the spirit that the doctors didn't see. Right, does that make sense to you? So listen, I'm, I can only give you my stories today. You all need to, you'll have your own or you already have your own, but these are, these are our stories. And so because we've died out to Christ, that then becomes a pillar. Okay, that becomes a marker. So we, we, it wasn't, a, it doesn't become a pillar until we've already sat, had that sacrifice, until we've already made an altar. We didn't make an altar, although you can. We didn't make an altar because Jessica was uh, perceived dead in the womb. We already had a, a marker or a, an altar saying, Lord, we've committed our lives to you. We've committed our, me- uh, our marriage to you. We've committed our children to you. We had one daughter at the time. This one they say is dead. And, J- and Janie has a revelation revelation of hope, of, of faith. She has a revelation that says, no, she's, she's not dead. This is not what I've been taught for uh, my childhood, my, my early married years. I've been taught that if we come to the Lord and pray, then God will, so we go to church and pray, and all of a sudden the, the baby starts to kick, and then they, they say, well, she's going to be, you know, premature. She's not going to be, uh, she's not going to be fully developed. She may be, she may have some, uh, some other concerns, you know, and, and l- l- I can tell you today she has none of those things that the doctors were were all wrong give it up for Jesus Christ the doctors are wrong God is alive and, and, and there's this revealing okay so sometimes when this revealing takes place all of a sudden it's like a little it's a red bull of faith I, if you if you need a shot of energy in the morning maybe you maybe you drink coffee maybe you're you're drink coffee drinkers or maybe you uh, maybe milk is your tipping point I don't know I know what mine is, and it's not milk. And I know I have to have half an energy drink on Sunday mornings, and then we go to Starbucks, and I, I finish off with, a, with another drink, and then I'm ready to go for, for Sunday. And, and then if it's really a bad service, and we've already had, one, you know, we had two services, then I go in the cafe, and I get whatever the strongest drink is down there. I really, then I think, okay, but I'm saying spiritually, Spiritually, listen to me. When, when Jessica was perceived dead in the womb at seven months, Janie had a couple ways she could go. Dear God, what happened? I, I thought this baby was, we could start blaming and faulting God, or 
No. <laughs> I'm not, this, this baby's alive is, is, until, until this baby's born, until this baby's born dead, until, until we pray, until, and we have to have faith. In, there's things in our life where we just have to take the gloves off, throw them down, and say, no, devil, you ain't got this one today. This one's on Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And that's, that's what revolves. That's the revelation. All of a sudden, there's a moment that comes to you. And, and I, would, I would say sometimes with us getting married at a younger age and us being unlearned in some things, that actually happened, helped, was a benefit to us because we could just say, I don't know the answer to everything. I'm not going to figure it out. I'm going to place my trust, my hope, my belief, and my confidence in an almighty God who created the heavens and the earth, who rose from the dead on the third day, and he speaks life into everyone. And it is, is his absolute will that that daughter live and she is alive today. Second point that I want to make to you is hope is, is what is attacked during a faith crisis. It's, it's the same thing if someone wants to take away your hope. It's a hopeless situation. Believe me, I love the medical field. We, we have doctors and, and, and paraphysicians in our church. We have nurses and CA, CNAs, and we have all type of people in the, in the medical field. I love what they do, okay? But one of the worst things that anybody could say is there is no hope. There is no hope. And parents, if you ever... Tell your children, you're hopeless, or it's hopeless. You need, to, you need to peel it back, because every situation has hope. As long as there's breath, there's hope. As long as you can sit up, there's hope. As long as there's always, there's, there's always hope. And, and, and so we see here where, where Jacob is off building pillars and Abraham and Isaac are, are building altars. And again, I, I want you to grab that for a second because there comes a point in our time where we just have to, we have to stop and think, okay, God, what, what, your existence is important to me. I know that I know that I know that I know that you've placed me here for a reason. An altar is a place of sacrifice. It's a place of, of submission. It's a place that we build relationship with God. A, a pillar is good, but it's a memorial. It's a, it's a mark. It's a, it's a memory. So the, the difference between the, the two is I can look back and I can see places in our life where we've, we've placed memorials, where we've placed a marker, where it was a testimony of faith. It was a, it was a do-it-again experience. Uh, our daughter Jessica in the womb, our son Andrew born with a cleft palate, and, and, and God uh, using him to become a worship leader after he's had uh, mouth surgery at, at a year old and, and the teeth coming in and, and his speech not being impeded and, and all those things that could have happened, but standing strong and, and understanding. You, Andrew was born at eight pounds and at his six-week dedication, he weighed less than five pounds. He, he lost almost 50% of his body weight. He was shriveling up and it was just a sad situation. We weren't sure what to do, but we had faith in God. We, there, in fact, Hope was diminishing from us, but at the same time, we thought at some point in time, God, you're going to kick in. Our faith is in you. Again, I'm going to say that all morning long. When your faith is in God, then you can understand the consequences. You can understand the circumstances. You can understand what takes place. God, I know you didn't bring this. this he had a, in his soft pellet, there was a hole the size of, I don't know, maybe a dime or a nickel. And, and, it was, and, and, and the, fact, the doctors didn't even spot it at first. And, and, it, and it could have been so much worse. And, and, and we're, we're glad that it wasn't any worse than it was. But at a year, they flew him to Chicago, and he had an operation, and everything worked out good. It was all in God's hands. But, but, but when your hope is attacked. Now faith, new revelatory faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So when the enemy attacks your hope, he weakens your faith. It's like, you know, we used to like watch, watching boxing growing up. Uh, and I know, Janie could never watch it. I'm not, not going to watch two guys pound on each other. And just kind of a, it's a cool thing, you know. And we grew up in the, in the days of, you know, Muhammad Ali and George Foreman and uh, uh, Evander Holyfield and then Mike Tyson. And then all these, I'm dating myself, but all these great boxers, really, really great boxers. And everybody wants a knockout punch. Everybody wants to, every, and you see it on SportsCenter, boom, and their face just explodes. They fall, and the ref comes in and starts counting. But 
the blows that really hurt are the ones to the body, the ones to the ribs, and the ones to the kidneys, and the ones to the stomach. Those are the ones that actually weaken the opponent. This is what the enemy wants to do to the Christ follower. He, he hits you in the belly, hits you in the stomach, hits you in the midsection, and says things like, it's not going to work out. There's no hope. It, they're never going to change. It's a, it's, a, it's a lost cause. Why, why even apply for the job? Why even start the business? Why even try to have children? It's not going to work out. It's not, it's not going to happen. And all he's doing is he's just working on your midsection. And when hope is what is attacked during a faith crisis, these are the things that we have to understand. Oh, no. And this is what was Jacob's problem. Jacob, I, I've written this down. Jacob was more impressed with the dream that he had than he was with God. He had this incredible dream through his life, and he was chasing the dream instead of chasing God. Church, we have to be God chasers. We have to understand that God reveals things to us, and as he reveals things to us, then this faith starts to come, and there's this assurance that we know that although everybody else says it's a bad deal, it's not going to work out. There's no way it's going to happen. In fact, when Janie was pregnant with Jessica, they wanted to, do the, they wanted to, they wanted to take her, okay, early. They said, she's not going to live. She's going to die. Let's go ahead and make the decision. And Janie said, No. When your hope is attacked, when your hope is attacked, when the, when the boss man says it's not going to work out, when the lawyer says it's not going to work out, when the judge says it's not going to work out, when the doctor says it's not going to work out, when the employer says it's not going to work out, turn to the word of God and, and start to build your faith by greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not alone in this. I'm joint heirs with Christ Jesus. I'm an overcomer through Christ. And we start to build ourselves in the manner of faith. We start to recognize that, that through this, this whole situation, through this whole ideal, that all of a sudden I can become stronger, that my, maybe in a moment's notice that hope is restored. You, you ever seen, I mean, have you ever been in a situation where, you know, I liken it sometimes to, to sports and, 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 and congratulations to those who like LSU and those who like Clemson. And I'm sorry to those of you who like Oklahoma and Ohio State. But you get to that moment where, man, you're just like all hope was lost, and then the other team throws a fumble or an interception or something happens, and it's like, oh, it's, a, it's a deep breath. It's, it's, that's what hope is. Hope is that deep breath in the Lord, like, man, and, and listen, as long as you are breathing, there's hope in God. As long as you are alive, there's hope. And listen, even if you're not, there is hope for the situation because all things work to the good of those who love the Lord, to them who are called according to his plans and his purposes. Let me get to the last one. Or, yeah, let me get to the last one right here. Obedience blesses, but faith multiplies. And somebody needs to write this one down because this is, this is really critical that you understand this. Uh, we have a lot of people that are so great in obeying God. And if you read Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, the first 14 verses, like, if you do this, if you hearken diligently into the voice of the Lord my God and do all that this book says, then I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your family. I'm going to bless your city. I'm going to bless your business. You're going to be blessed going in, coming out. You're going to be the lender, not the borrower. You're going to be the first, not the last. And this is all tied in to obedience. And this is what Jacob had a hard time doing. Jacob had a hard time being obedient when he finally realized, oh, praise God. Now, now I can be obedient. Now I'm going to build that altar. And God says in, in the scripture here, he says uh, that I will bless you when, you when he built the altar in Pandamaram. He said, I'm going, to, I'm going to bless you. He gives him that de declaration. I'm going to bless you. But then he says, I'm going to, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. I think the multiplication process takes place by faith. You can be blessed through obedience. There's no, no question about it in my mind. But you can be blessed because if you do things right, man, I obey the word of God. I go to the house of the Lord. I bring my tithe to the Lord. I pray for people in the, in the church. I, 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 follow, I follow these things to a T. I, I'm a good soldier in Christ. I'm obedient and therefore I am blessed. But there's also something like a new season, a new level, where now I'm going to step out in faith. And faith starts to multiply the problem. 
process of faith. And so then what Jacob did was he, he built an altar, and then he finally got things flipped around, and then he started building it. He made a marker. He made a pillar. And what I want to challenge you today is you say, today, yes, Lord, if I'm not obedient, if I'm not obeying God, today I'm going to be obedient, God. I'm going to die out to myself. I'm going to be obedient to you. I expect you to bless me in 2020. But those of you, and I imagine it's probably the majority who are already obedient, say, I, I'm, I need a new season. I need a new level. Then I suggest you make a marker today. You set a pillar today and say, okay, God, I'm going to operate on faith today. Where obedience blesses me, faith's going to multiply. I'm going to believe God for the miraculous. I'm going to believe God for things that, that I've never believed God before. I'm going to believe God that for healing and for miracles and for salvations and for revival and for God to touch hickory. In fact, we're going to band with 30 other churches in this area, and we're going to start a 24-7, uh, 365 prayer cycle for revival in, in Hickory and the surrounding area in Catawba County. And we'll talk to you more about that in the, as the month of January goes on. But how cool would it be if every church in Hickory and Catawba County and Caldwell County and Alexander County and even Burke County were just filled up? Wouldn't that be cool if they, like, they didn't have any, like they had to start multiple, multiple services? Listen, we have to increase our faith. And so now we're sold out to Christ. And when, when Jessica nearly died in the womb, that became a pillar. God, thank you so much. When Andrew was born with a cleft pellet, and, and not only was his, he miraculously healed, it was miraculously paid for by, by a, a heathen boss who, who was far from God but, but knew that God was working on him. He wrote a check for the whole surgery over $40,000. That's another pillar. And then we start to see these pillars that come when, when I laid off a job or so we knew God healed these things that he would heal our finances and then when Janie was sick in the hospital it wasn't a matter of God can you it's God what you're gonna do because this pillar was set and this pillar was set and this pillar was set and all of a sudden I know God can I know God can and see that's the attitude that you have Fred and I were talking this morning and it's amazing how when you get around world-class athletes I went to high school with world-class athletes. I mean, Olympic gold medalists, first-round draft picks in football and in basketball, world champion heavyweight wrestlers. I mean, these were our high school friends walking the halls the same time. We were, there's an expectation level. Church, I, I'm challenging you for 2020 to have world-class faith. That only God can. Come on back, worship team. That only God can. When God, when you have a situation that you got, you know God has to move in, why not walk around with those people in Hebrews, the 11th chapter? Let me read just some of them real quickly. It's amazing as the worship team's setting up and we get ready to close. Look, look, at, look at these guys for just a second. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept a release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were cut in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated, of whom this world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves and earths and earth. And all these, though commendated through their faith did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us that apart from us they should not be made perfect what's he saying right there the author of Hebrews is saying your faith your supernatural God inspired Holy Ghost driven mighty warrior faith establishes those people who have gone before you for if you don't walk in faith their lives are in vain now hear me, God thinks so much of you that not only did his sin his only begotten son to die on the cross that you can have life, but that you can be world changers in everything you put your faith to. Sometimes you say, well, I got to put my mind to it. I, I, I don't disagree with that, but I think it's better if you put your faith to it. 
like, God, I don't understand this whole situation. God, I'm not even sure what you're doing. But my faith, my hope, my trust, my belief, my confidence is in you. I'm asking you to stand with me right where you're at. If you're comfortable doing so, just raise your hands towards heaven. We're going to sing a song, but I want to pray a prayer of faith over you today. I want to pray a prayer of faith that encourages for this next year. A prayer of faith that no matter what this next season looks like, no matter what this next year looks like, no matter what, what, what the enemy has in store, God has something better in store for you. That you lay a pillar right here. You lay a, a marker right here and say, okay, God, here's this side. I'm, I'm stepping over. I'm making a marker right here on December the 29th, 2019, three days or four days before the, the first of the year. I'm setting a marker, God, my faith, my whole faith is going to be in you. Father, I pray right now for each and every individual here today. God, I pray you anoint them. I pray you bless them. I pray you increase their faith. I pray, Lord, that they grab the word of God and they walk in the word of God. They, Lord, they speak out things that are like life-giving, Lord. As they speak out things, Lord, that, Father, they call those things that aren't as though they were. Father, they, they walk, Father, Lord, in such a way, Lord, that it's supernatural, Father. Lord, it's world-class faith, oh God. Lord, they see miracles and give you glory, Father. They see healing and give you glory, Father. They see finances and blessing and give you glory, honor and praise and thanksgiving. Father, Lord, they win their their, their, their friends, their, their students, their schools, Father, and they give you all glory, honor, and praise. Father, they start a small group, God, and it grows into a church. God, they give you glory, honor, and praise, and thanksgiving. Father, I pray right now, Lord, for those that have issues, those that have needs, those, those that are hurting, God, that you'd increase their faith, Lord, that you'd re-still hope it's going to work out. Father, it's going to be okay. It's going to, Father, Lord, your name will be magnified on all the earth. Father, I pray right now and decree, oh God, a measure of faith on every person here that desires your Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together.
through situations, Lord. We just thank you that this is just going to be part of the testimony, which testimony just means do it again. That's what that means. So we're declaring that you're going to do it again. We, this is part of our story. This is part of our testimonies of every person. At the sound of my voice, those online, those that are in the building, those who have needs in their homes and their family, God, that you're going to do it again. And Lord, we receive that amazing word today, that incredible word that is your word into our hearts today. And we just lift our hearts, we lift our spirits, we lift our minds, and we just say, I receive, I receive it. To our, our spirits and, and we take that with us no matter what anything looks like, no matter our situations, no matter the heaviness of our loads, we can just stand and say, I receive the word of the Lord. Now faith, today faith, right now faith is working on my needs, on my behalf because you're faithful and your promises are yes and amen and we receive it and we give you all the glory for you are good and I just ask that you go with each and every person you just give them a blessed day and a blessed week you watch over them you shield them you protect them you let the glory of the Lord just shine on them and just remind them how much you love them just the way they are that they don't have to go perfecting themselves because that is what you are doing in their lives. That when people bring judgment, we can just look away and say, this is who I am and this is who God made me and he's gonna complete those issues in my life. So today, Lord, we stand in that faith and you love us just the way we are and we love you. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name, amen. We love y'all so much. Have a blessed new year and we'll see you next year. Yeah.